Yonder, Chapter 30, Life Goes On, and the investigation begins. Jimba rose early, skipped his morning coffee at home, and turned the Impala toward Yonder. He cracked the driver's side window to let a stream of cool air blow past his face as the car heater pumped out hot air. James Taylor's walking man filled the car along with his voice as he cruised into Yonder. He parallel parked along the street between the old theater and the park. The lights in the park fountain switched between red and green in anticipation of Christmas. Fog danced and swirled from the fountain's warm water into the crisp air of the morning, giving the fountain the appearance of a steaming cauldron. Lights were ablaze at Noodles Pharmacy and the Yonder Yodel as he walked past the circle and made a right turn on Bryant Street. A shiny new blackboard sign sat on the sidewalk in front of the pea shop, announcing the name change to He Brews. The new sign also advertised the hours. The windows of the coffee shop were covered with condensation caused by the warm interior and the cold outside autumn air. A figure appeared at the door and unlocked it. It was Dude. I was just coming to unlock the Dober. Dude pronounced it Dober. She returned behind the counter to continue grinding and preparing drip coffee for the morning. Jim Bob heard a door close in the back room and Linda emerged through the curtain carrying a tray of pastries, which she slid into the glass display case. Gunny, I've got some water on the boil if you'd like a French press. Linda finished and placed a stainless steel French press on the counter with a smack. The sound startled Jim Bob from his observation of the remodeled peapot. <laughs> Hebrews. It really was amazing. There were leather couches, love seats, and dark wood tables. Lights hung strategically over each isolated area of the coffee shop. There were corner tables with their own pendant light, each with a different tr- colored translucent half dome. Were they glass or plastic? Ceiling fans lazily rotated to circulate the warm air, creating a slight warm breeze throughout the coffee shop. He turned to answer Linda just as the sound of a tea kettle whis- whistle pierced the air. I would love a French press if you'll join me for a few minutes. Linda measured ground coffee into the French press and pulled the steaming tea kettle from the induction hot plate behind the counter. She poured the hot water slowly into the press, causing a steam cloud to rise in the air. Linda took a deep breath of the steam and a smile spread across her face. She looked at Jim Bob with a pensive look, wondering if he would get the movie reference that had come to her mind. What the heck? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Or in this case, good coffee. Jim Bob smiled at the Apocalypse Now movie reference. The image of shirtless Robert Duvall wearing a cavalry hat flashed his mind. At least you didn't add, it's the smell of victory. He never said that in the movie. Linda took two ceramic coffee mugs from the rack on the counter and put a generous portion of heavy cream in each. She remembered Jim Bob's presence for stevia in his coffee and emptied a packet into each of their cups. She gathered the two mugs with one hand and hefted the French press with the other and carried it all to a brown leather couch along one wall with a claw-footed coffee table in front of it. By the time Jim Bob had taken a seat, she was pouring the steaming coffee into the cups. Just then, the bell on the front door jingled and a customer walked in the door. Neither Jim Bob nor Linda recognized the older man. Jim Bob looked at Linda and raised his eyebrows as a question as to who the person was, and she shrugged her shoulders in answer. They each took a sip of coffee and uttered the obligatory, Mmm. The stranger promptly removed his ivy cap and stuffed it inside the left sleeve of his fleece. 
He was carrying a large blue backpack that seemed to be stuffed to the brim. He was solidly built and sported a bald, graying head and gray beard mustache. He spoke quietly to dude at the counter, paid, and carried his knapsack as if he were Santa Claus to a corner table. The chair opposite where he sat was pulled alongside him and retrieved a canvas notebook holder from the pack along with an iPad. He then set to studying. Linda broke both of their trances with a slurp of coffee. What did you want to talk about, Gunny? Jim Bob took a sip of coffee and gave Linda a summary of the meeting the previous day. I have offered the coffee shop for folks to meet if need be. We are supposed to run the coffee shop, but you did well without me before this. So I thought maybe I should stay out of your way and only get involved as necessary. Linda chuckled to herself. I thought you were going to say, wake me when you need me. The gentleman in the corner rose from his seat and carried the French press to the counter in order to refill. As he walked back to his corner, Jim Bob couldn't wait any longer to meet the stranger. Jim Bob approached him before he sat down, extending his hand for a shake. I'm Jim Bob. Jim Bob turned and waved in the direction of Linda. This is the manager and brains of Hebrews, Linda. Linda rose and shook the man's hand. With an expressionless face, he nodded his head and introduced himself. There are those who call me Tim. He smiled weakly, hoping they would catch the meaning of the line. Linda smiled instantly, but Jim Bob wore a puzzled look until the Monty Python line finally cleared his thinking. By then, the gentleman was smiling. Really, my name is Tim. I love that line from Monty Python. I just moved here with my wife. Where we used to live, I would frequent the coffee shop in the morning to do Bible study and write while she did Bible study in the morning. This was like a great coffee shop to continue that tradition. Tim, your French press is ready, dude called out. Thank you, dude. I'll come and get it. With that, Tim retrieved his French press and returned to the corner. Linda and Jim Bob returned to the couch to finish their coffee. What coffee is this, Linda? Jim Bob took another sip and waited while Linda did the same. Brazilian pea berry. You know, we found a buyer for the two roasters in the back, and they just happened to be roasters in Canton, Georgia. When they came to pick up the roasters, they left some sample bags of coffee. I'm working my way through them to see what we want to be our signature roast. What do you think? He took another sip before answering. I've had a traditional pea berry from Tanzania, but this is different. The aroma is very intense, and it has a good body. Stands up well against heavy cream. I get a hint of hazelnut and raspberry at the finish. So far, this is a winner. Good body, but not heavy like a Sumatra. Okay, then. Didn't expect that detailed answer, so I'll take that as a yes. Linda gave a thumbs up to Dude, who opened a notebook and made a note. Dude is keeping a running tally for me on the coffee test. Dude gave a thumbs up and returned to wiping down the counters. The bell on the front door of the coffee shop tinkled and Jim Bob and Linda glanced that direction. Tilt walked from the door to their table and set a styrofoam to-go box on the table before taking a seat. Then he sat a French press on the table with a clunk. Tilt noticed the curiosity on their faces. I know, beware strangers bearing gifts. I'm not a stranger, but this could be a pipe bomb. Linda sniffed the air and smiled. Smells like a gunny special. Yes, I have had the famous breakfast scramble. The diner's just across the street. A girl gets hungry early in the morning. I, I can't believe you brought a French press of coffee to a coffee shop, Tilk. Must be something special. Jim Bob slid the press over and poured a bit in his empty cup. Jim Bob and Linda both slurped, smacked, and savored the coffee. 
Linda swallowed first and offered her assessment. I get dark chocolate, tropical fruit, and an aftertaste of black tea. I agree with Linda, but there's also an undertone of brown sugar or molasses. Jim Bob took another slurp of coffee. What you got there, Tilk? Tilk motioned to dude for an empty cup and poured himself a cup. He sipped, added cream and stevia, and sipped again. Good body. It holds up to a cream. How'd you guys nail that so quickly? He raised his eyebrows and continued to sip his coffee. The guys from Coffee AM ate lunch at the diner and left samples with me also. Y'all going to serve this at Hebrews? Seems a little highfalutin to serve at the diner. What do y'all think? Tilk poured a generous portion of milk and a packet of stevia into his empty cup before pouring from Linda's French press. Tilk's coffee slurp was interrupted by a chorus of crickets. Jim Bob dug in his pocket for his cell phone to check the text. It was Johnny telling him he had a contact at Southern Cave Conservancy for information on exploring the cave. Jim Bob read the message and placed his phone down on the table. Linda and Tilk stared at him with raised eyebrows. It was a text from Johnny Crow letting me know he had found a contact at Southern Cave Conservancy near Chattanooga who's willing to talk to us about exploring the cave. Jim Bob sipped his coffee and noticed Tilk still had his eyebrows raised expecting more information. Let me try this burrito and I'll fill you in, Tilk. Linda and Jim Bob each unwrapped a burrito and took a tentative bite. And then they each consumed their entire burrito with intense concentration. Each of them eyed the package the burritos had arrived in, contemplating eating another one, but shook their heads no. Linda wiped her lips with a napkin, leaned back in her chair, and took a deep breath. Enough is as good as a feast. Tilk, that was spot on. You going to start selling those in the diner? How about I make them and sell to you at cost as a breakfast item here in the coffee shop? We don't get many requests for takeout at the diner, but you'd have a lot of folks who might enjoy one of these with coffee. What do you think, Linda? Linda spread the foil and extracted two burritos wrapped in parchment paper. Let's get the opinion of the masses. She stood and walked to the counter where Dude was serving. A customer was just ordering a black coffee and glanced in Linda's direction. Hi, I'm Linda, the proprietor of Hebrews. Would you like to try a breakfast burrito on the house? Here, dude, you try one also. If y'all give it a thumbs up, we may start carrying these in the morning. I'm Darlene. I work at City Hall. Be glad to give this a taste once I get to my desk. Thanks, Linda. See you, dude. Darlene gently shoved the burrito in her shoulder bag and headed out the door. Dude, Linda, that is tasty. We'd love to put some salsa or taco sauce on that for breakfast. That's This taste is familiar, though. Where have I had this? Dude continued to bite and chew, glancing furtively at the door while waiting for Linda to answer. Linda smiled at Dude's recognition of the taste. That's a gunny special and a burrito. She pointed with the thumb back over her shoulder at Jim Bob. Anything you would add to the burrito besides a taco sauce or salsa on the side? She could overhear Jim Bob filling in tilk on the cave summit in the background. I would say a tiny bit of sage. It's a strong aromatic spice, so too much would be overpowering. Maybe add it when the sausage is being cooked. Dude finished a burrito and threw the wadded paper in the trash. Dang, I could start every day like that. A soft phone ringer interrupted the quiet at the counter. Dude reached under the counter and pulled out the cordless phone. Good morning, Hebrews. How may I help you? Really? Okay, thanks, Darlene. I'll pass that along. She says the burrito is the bomb diggity. Everybody at City Hall got a whiff while she was eating it and asked where she got it. I'd say it's a wiener. I mean, uh, a winner. 
Linda gave her a thumbs up and returned to the table with Tilk and Jim Bob. Two out of two people surveyed give it a thumbs up. I would say it's a hit. How many would I be able to expect in each morning? Tilk rubbed his non-existent beard with fingers before answer. I think we could easily supply 20 to begin with and more if demand supports it. I only have the extra worker Monday through Friday, so we couldn't offer them on weekends. If I had an order in addition to the 20, could you support that? I just heard from Darlene at the City Hall, and they are all clamoring about that burrito. It may be that they put in an order for tomorrow morning. If everyone at the City Hall ordered one, it would eliminate most of my stock. Just then the phone rang, and Linda checked her watch. It took them 10 minutes. That'll be the order for the burritos. She crossed her arms and waited. Dude came around the counter and laid a pink sticky note on the table. City Hall wants 10 of those burritos if we have them. I told him we would pass along the request. She said request with air quotes. Tilk drained his coffee cup, grabbed his now empty French press, and tipped an imaginary hat to Linda and Jim Bob. I'll zip across and see if we can whip those up and deliver them before Carlita leaves for the morning. Fortunately, my cook is adaptive and adroit to changing work conditions. He turned and headed out the door and across the street at a brisk pace. Jim Bob drained his cup. Linda, how's the bakery coming along? Linda carried the empty French press to the counter and returned to the table. You are actually wondering where Sharon is and why I'm not at the bakery, right? Sharon and Leonard have taken a week or so to visit their children and will be back after Thanksgiving. Renovations at the bakery are taking a little longer than expected. I whip up a few pastries in the morning for us to sell along with the coffee. The burritos will help out a lot with feeding our customers. The door jangled and Tilk walked back into Hebrews. Carlita's working on the burritos for City Hall. Jim Bob, have you visited the gray beers at Emmett's Feed and Seed? They usually start together around the old potbelly stove around 6 a.m. It's almost 10.30, so most of them have probably left for the day. They're all farmers and ranchers from the area and have a lot of resident knowledge about yonder and the surrounding area. You might share your cave information with them and see what they know. Without, Tilk turned and headed back across the street to the diner. It's dude's break time, so I need to get behind the counter. It's been good catching up, Gunny. Tell Mary Alice and the children hello for me. Linda bust the table and carried the cups and French press to the back room before returning to the counter to relieve dude. Jim Bob drove the short distance back to the plantation in silence. The plantation. We need a better name. I'll ask the Greybeards tomorrow morning if they have had names for the place in the past. Freddie was descending the stairs as Jim Bob came through the front doors. Hey, Dad, I'm going to grab some lunch. Want to join me? Freddie turned into the dining room and continued on through to the kitchen without looking back. Jim Bob followed Freddie and joined him in the kitchen. Freddie stood in front of the open refrigerator as if staring into a deep, dark cavern. Penguins! Don't step on their toes, Freddie! Jim Bob slid in front of him and grabbed a container of leftover Smoky Toes barbecue and a pint of Brunswick stew. Freddie grabbed them bread, mustard, sliced ham, and pepper jack cheese before closing the door. What's new, Dad? He moved to the counter near the sink and placed his bread on the plastic cutting board. Jim Bob spooned the barbecue onto a plate and poured a generous portion of stew into a bowl, popping both in the microwave and setting the time to two minutes. I'm going early tomorrow morning to Emmett's feed and seed to talk to the Greybeards. Tilk said they might be able to give some insight on the cave. I'm also going to pick their brains on what people call this plantation in times past. There has to be a better name than the plantation. Want to join me? Freddie had finished making his sandwich and poured himself a glass of milk. 
The sun was shining on the picnic table on the kitchen patio, so he opened the door and carried his sandwich and milk to the table. Jim Bob waited for the bell on the microwave and joined Freddy in the sunshine with his food and a glass of ice water. Freddy swallowed a bit of sandwich as his dad dug into his pork. I would love to go with you, Dad. What time do you want to leave? I'll set an alarm and be waiting for you downstairs. Can we take the GTO? Freddy took another bite of sandwich. Let's leave by 6.30. The GTO it is. Silence ensued as they both dug into their lunch. The only sound was the gentle breeze in the leafless oaks. It was almost a whistle. Chickadees chattered overhead in the branches, excited with the expectation of breadcrumbs. Jim Bob turned his face to the sun and soaked in the warmth. He involuntarily took in a deep, cleansing breath and let it go.